everyone has a beginning and many sometimes we get so caught up in people who are successful and overcomers we just forget about the whole journey they went through to get there Hello, ladies and gentlemen, you are welcome to the Major Pain Podcast, the only podcast crafted to guide men like you on unraveling your uniqueness to transform the world around you. If you are a lady joining us, feel comfortable to listen as we hope women learn how to build better men through the golden nuggets we will be sharing and learning. Joining me today is Paul Martin talking about how he developed the mental toughness to build a successful family and his go-to principles in staying strong in life. Paul Martin has been married for seven years and he is the father of six children. He is very active in his church, Toronto City Church, where he acts as the head youth director. Paul's heart is to help men see how important it is for them to be active and present at home for the sake of the next generation. He also enjoys participating in speaking engagements with his wife, impacting the lives of high school students, enlightening them on sexual integrity, dating, and relationships. Welcome, Mr. Paul. Thanks well- so much, Rath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, Paul, I remember the first time I met you, that was three years ago. And I walked up to you. I saw this handsome man. And next thing I saw was his <laughs> amazing family. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, this guy has this beautiful kids. And then <laughs> it was not only one Sunday, it's two Sundays. And then the third Sundays, I woke up to you. I'm like, man, see, Paul. I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't get that too often. That that was that was so humbling for you to say that too as well. So I, I think <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate you. Honestly, I feel like you are this beacon of hope for a lot of young men, especially colored men like us. I mean, uh, we 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 really look up to each other. You understand, and it's really good to see that there's somebody out there who is modeling the right example. And I remember the the other Sunday, I met you, and I that was just two weeks ago. And I said, uh, "Hey, Paul, remember the statement I made? I would have been like you when I grew up." And I said, "Hey, meet my wife." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and and uh, it, it's funny because I know my wife. She definitely remembered. She she was impacted from meeting with you guys at the beginning as well. So she definitely remembered, and she's like, "Yeah, I want to get to know that couple more." And so you guys made a good uh, uh, impression on my wife as well. So that's how I knew that you guys are good people. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> we passed we passed the test. Awesome, awesome, also so nice, man. Honestly, I'm so grateful to to God, and I'm also grateful for you for you know like uh, following the the right part and you know just listening to God. And I feel like that's something that I would say a lot of men need these days. You know, just being able to humble themselves and listen to God, and also listen to themselves too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which brings me to you. I see that you someone that exhibits a lot of mental toughness. And I, I want to ask, like, what does mental toughness mean to you? And how did you develop it? Well, that's, that's a very good question. Well, I could say that mental toughness for me, I'll tell you how I developed it after. I developed it after but 
for me, it's really just being able to overcome uh, and just resist any fears, uh, circumstances, uh, and any doubts that you have uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, going after your goal that you have set for yourself or, you know, just from succeeding, anything that would prevent you from succeeding. If you, if you're able to overcome that, for me, that's having a form of mental toughness. I would say the best way I overcame that or, or actually um, exude that was because I'm a very, I was a very competitive athlete growing up. So I, I was big in the track and field for one. So being a, an elite athlete, um, you have to have mental toughness because mm -hmm. Uh, even before, it doesn't matter how skillful you are and how talented you are. If you get to that starting line and you your competitors already psyched you out, you're not winning the race. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, it, so even with sports, it, it's it's as much or even maybe more important to have mental toughness when it comes to sports than even your your God given ability, because mm. mind is 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 powerful and it drives everything you do, who you are. And if you, you know, aren't um, strong in that area, then it can really deter you from achieving the goal that you want to achieve and, and that God has called you to make. And mm -hmm. so I, I really got, gained a lot of that, I would say, from my track days. I used to run track from when I was small, a small kid and mm -hmm. uh, um, of university. And I was, you know, I was a NCAA athlete, All-American, all of that. Um, and, you know, just really believing in what I could do has helped me come a far away. And then that translated and transferred into my everyday life after I finished my career in track. Oh, wow. I hear you. You, you made mention that mind is very powerful. And I have like my last two episodes, um, one was mindset, the talk of war. And I was talking about the abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. And then the other one was based on protect the assets. That's your mindset. So I see you, you're really touching a call point here where you say mind is very powerful. But when it comes to, say, some people who are not athletes, uh, who maybe are not, maybe we're not privileged to have like the opportunity you had of being, say, into the sports thing from the onset. And right now they are faced with a lot of challenges and everything. How would you say that someone can develop mental toughness? There are, there are different ways you can do it. And I know even for myself, what I'm still doing right now is you got to pay attention to, for one, who you're listening to and what you're reading. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, I, you could really build up um, your mental toughness or, you know, make it even worse by uh, the words you hear, uh, what people are speaking over you and um, what, you, you know, those things help you decide and choose what you see in yourself right mm -hmm. and so for myself um i have certain mentors and, and role models who you know i would look at them and i saw how they overcame in certain areas of their life and then that would encourage me and then i would get advice from them or i would also read certain books uh, of people who overcame right mm -hmm. you want to you want to make sure you surround yourself with overcomers you want to make sure you surround yourself with people who uh are successful in there as well you know, getting, you know, feedback, advice, pick people's brain. I'm the type of person who was like, getting someone who could help you build up your own mental toughness um, is one way uh, I would say to do that. And then the other is just, you know, going through, you gotta, you gotta go through those battles, um, going through those battles. And then when you win some of those battles, that also helps build up your mental toughness because now uh, you have the, the ammo, I should say, yeah. of what you'll need and you'll have the, the, the strength to overcome any other circumstances that come your way, or even if, if it's similar, 
you know, there's a saying, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger, which yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of is true. I mean, you go through certain hard, hard times, you know, you could think about like the single mother who goes through hard times and she, mm-hmm. she, she gets stronger from overcoming and, and really providing for her family. And it's really, there, there comes to a point where you just have to go through the fire mm. uh, and then that helps build up your mental toughness. But I would say even before going through that fire, you want to make sure that you're preparing yourself, training yourself mm-hmm. mentally by, you know, reading uh, certain books or, you know, just being around people who, who have that mental toughness already that they could, you know, even give you the advice to build up your own. Awesome. Wow. This is, this is so amazing. No, Paul, honestly, I feel like we draw inspiration from same, <laughs> from same pool, honestly, because uh, yeah, what you, what you say strikes me very well because it's uh, something I personally have gotten to understand. I realized that say the more I engage in specific books or movies or music, it changed my perception towards life somewhat depletes me or recharges me sort of kind of you also said something about surrounding yourself with overcomers and i feel like that is something profound but yet intimidating for a couple of people what do you think about that yeah i mean i, I can see why it could be intimidating because sometimes from the outside you can look at people who have overcome or you see a, you see the end result already that they're successful mm-hmm. and then you feel like, oh man, like, what can they tell me? I don't even know where to start, but everyone has a beginning. And many, sometimes we get so caught up in people who are successful and overcomers. We just forget about the whole journey they went through to get there. And, and then when you, when you realize the journey they got to get there or something, it could be very late to what you're going through or even worse. Everyone has their own struggles and battles. I fully believe that, you know, it, it, it really depends on what you want because anyone can be successful it really really does come down to the mindset of having that mental toughness to get there awesome yeah and i would double back to one maybe by the end of this um interview uh about some books because you made mention of reading certain types of books and i know that it's not just any book that anyone should read because people are in different uh position in their journey and they kind of need different maybe tools for those positions they are in, right? So uh, I'll get back at the end of the interview to maybe uh, some list of books that you feel like people could read to help their mental toughness. In the meantime, let's proceed forward. Um, So you as a man, especially as a colored man, what would you say, how would you say mental toughness has helped you through your journey? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's good. I would say um, it's helped me because especially as a, as a colored man, I, I travel, I've been to places I've been to, you know, I went to school in the U S past scholarship. So even growing up in Toronto as a Canadian, it's different uh, when it comes to, you know, race mm-hmm. somewhere in the U S where, cause it, where I grew up in Toronto, we're very diverse and multicultural. So when it comes to, uh, you know, racism, it may not feel as strong in that sense, but then when mm-hmm. you go over to small towns, right. What was growing up in the U S mm-hmm. uh, it's, environment but i'll say what helped me was i have a strong strong belief in in god and you know my faith has really helped me up that mental toughness as a man it's not only as a black man but as as a man seeing myself as you know a child of god first and foremost and yeah. if i when i see myself in that way then i know that you know i can do anything i can do all things through him because i'm his child so coming from that perspective that has helped me see myself as that type of man first mm-hmm. because of 
compared to oh i'm just a black man growing up mm. here, here, here and sometimes when you when you when you look at yourself as first as just i'm just a black man doing this sometimes not all the time but sometimes you can tend to relate and think first of all the negative things that could attach itself to yeah um, yeah and uh, you know, I'm starting with the short end of the stick first in life because I'm a black man. You know, I, I may, may not be able to get this job compared to, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. white friends or whatever. So when you're already thinking of things in that kind of way, you're already like, you're already sabotaging yourself because mm -hmm. your mind is thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm already at that short end. But if I'm, if I'm coming for, hey, I'm a child of God, you know, anything he created, I, I can, I can get it as long as I'm sticking with him. Yeah. I'm that mindset that, hey, you know what? I don't, I don't have a disadvantage. And mm. when you, come with that mindset, you try new things. You, you step out more, you know, and then you step out more. You realize, man, I was actually good. I did that. I was successful at that. Yeah. So, um, that's helped me as a man, because I know as men, especially in a society, we, we, we really need to have our act together, uh, especially black men, uh, mm -hmm. because of just societal perceptions and all of that stuff. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that, um, we have a good head on our shoulders, but we also want to make sure that our mind uh, is strong because yeah, there are, there are external circumstances that are coming against us. But if, yeah. if we have a mind, uh, I fully believe, and I've seen it myself, uh, they won't uh, affect you negatively and they won't prevent you from being successful in life. Without mm. regard. I'll say that that's, that's one way I've actually just seen myself as, you know, a man who loves God first, a man of God first. And that's helped yeah. me be, really be successful with where I am right now. Wow. Wow. This is profound, man. So profound because yes, what you're saying makes a lot of sense about how we see ourselves. That it's more like people tend to carry us based on how we see ourselves. So it's more like if you carry yourself with the sense of dignity and respect for yourself, knowing that you are an asset, right? Others right. will carry you same way, regardless of your race, color, creed, whatever. We don't care if we see a gold right now on maybe in people's drawers or something. Like you see a gold, I mean, you wouldn't really care where the gold is from, whether it's from Kuwait, it's from Egypt, it's from, uh, it's from Antarctica. All you care about is like, how many carats is this? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I really like how you put it, especially when we see ourselves as children of God, it gives us this sense of we are one, right? I need you, you need me kind of thing. And uh, we see how we can help each other. So I really like that how we see ourselves is going to determine how other people will carry us also. You have six beautiful kids, right? And uh, the, the last child, how old is he right now? He's eight months. Judah is his name wow wow amazing and trust me i know in this day and age in this century i feel like you should be in the guinness book of records trust me <laughs> oh man i have a lot more than me and i'm sometimes i wonder man how, how are you doing that but yeah no, I... <laughs> yeah honestly and i, I want to know like what theory did you and your wife develop to manage a big family yeah well, i mean well, first and foremost, again, going back to my faith, we, we see our kids as, as arrows. There's a verse in, in the Bible where it says, you know, um, blessed is the man who has, uh, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but like mm -hmm. uh, children of blessing uh, to the Lord and, a, you know, a man who's filled his quiver with them. Is, mm -hmm. is, right? And I, I see our kids as people who are influencers, who will eventually be influencers wow. in this world. 
right? And, um, you know, God created them with a purpose. And so how my wife and see is like, my wife and I see us as ambassadors, of course, of God and, and a way of like, you know, God gave us these kids, uh, trusting us with these kids to help mm-hmm. raise them to be, you know, great human beings who will have influence in the world positively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how we raise our kids is very important to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to make sure that they, you know, are well-respected, that they know how to respect uh, as well. Uh, others and because we have that determination and that goal that objective to do that it really helps parenting them uh become more fun of mm-hmm. course but um you know we have more of a drive to 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 raise them well and our our and and the thing is with the kids is we realize that you know the more present we are with our kids mm-hmm. uh the the more love that they experience and the more love that they feel right and we want to make sure that they are secure in who they are and their identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people don't really know this, but this is, this is almost like a cheat code. But yeah, you know, people always ask us, how, are you, how do you do it with six kids? I only have one and I'm struggling. But people don't know that, that when we have so many kids, um, they actually help raise themselves sometimes. Like they, wow. They raise each other. Um, and then they, they learn to share, you know yeah. what I mean? So not to be greedy because they have mm-hmm. so many they, they know the meaning of all of that and it, they, they, they help each other out and, and they have, you, they have more of a bond with each other. Right. So it's a friendship. So wow. we want, we want them to be close with each other where, you know, if someone's struggling, they can help the other person out. Right. Wow. Uh, so it's, I, I, it honestly gets easier for us. The more kids we have. Wow. Wow. Hmm. I, I think I should take this. I, people, love, <laughs> people don't realize that because they're too afraid to get to that number, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I have one, so am I going to get two kids or three kids or four? But God makes them with so many different personalities and he actually makes it in a way that it, it just ends up working, you know? And wow. If you really trust him, if you really trust him to provide for your family, to really take care of your family, uh, it's amazing what you see in your kids. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, it's, it, it really is a blessing. We see them as a blessing because of that. Wow, this is this is real mind blowing. Like you just opened my eyes to something. I feel like yeah, a lot of parents might not have been seen or thinking, especially when you talk about the the partnership. I, I I hear this word of partnership all around. That it's not just between you and your wife, but also getting the kids involved in that partnership, like delegating certain things to them, and right. that gives them that sense of responsibility. And also they start developing those competences at an early age, right? And which makes them even better servants, not only in the family, but to the community, because they now know how to take care of themselves, watch out for their fellow uh, siblings, respect their parents, and then it's this trickles back into the community, right? Yeah, I, I feel like my wife is definitely going to watch this podcast that I'll be like, so honey. How many are we looking at right now? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's true, man. It's um, it it, you know, we we had a number. I I coming into the marriage, I didn't think I'd have six kids in total. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I think my wife would say like once you get to four, it really doesn't matter the number almost after that because it's just by then, especially if you if you have a little bit of space in between where there's some yeah. older, you know, they mm-hmm. definitely other out help you out i see i like that which also made me uh i wanted accent in regards to say some type of because 
again, why I said you need it, you deserve a Guinness Book of Record right now is because at the atmosphere we are in in the world, like globally right now, right? I mean, the, the school system, the when it comes to jobs and all those things. Okay, how does one really get to balance work, career, family? I've, I, I mean, there are so many examples out there of parents like kind of chasing career and leaving kids to sort out themselves. And at the end of the day, we know what that looks like, right? Uh, we've also seen parents chase kids and leave career. And we've also seen those. So how have you guys over the years been able to like balance those things out in a way that you are able to raise a family with this kind of economy? Yeah, how? You know, I mean, God, God has opened up some doors for us because our schedule, my wife and I, our schedules have always been changing. Uh, she's actually has her own shop she's her own like a tattoo artist as well along with helping me co-lead uh the youth at toronto city church mm-hmm. um, so she you know has been changing up her schedules and covid due to covid you know it kind of paused and shifted things around a bit and it actually mm-hmm. ended up working to our favor um just recently mm-hmm. too because now i i am able to she was part-time first for a bit uh and then i was full-time and then now just recently i dropped on the part-time and she went full-time so oh, I see. And, and, and it's helped because we realized too why it's beneficial is that we, when we were both working a lot, um, the kid, there was a point in a season where the kids weren't seeing us as much for too often. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, we saw the negative uh, effects that um, started to show up a bit because they wanted quality time with us mm-hmm. and, you know, whether they be acting up a little more, it can show it differently. Mm-hmm. So now that, you know, I'm home more often and have, as long as there's one parent, at least in the home, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you could really, it really changes the the atmosphere and the environment of the house. Uh, kill, kids feel more secure, mm-hmm. you know, come home. They want to feel secure when they come out from, they're outside in the public world where the world is like mean, all of that stuff yeah. going on. You want to make sure they come into an, a house where they feel mm-hmm. comfortable and at peace. So they felt more secure. And now that I'm home more, you know, I'm making sure to spend time with the young ones, the little kids, um, and then picking them up from school. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then help them drop them off. And then the older girls as well, uh, you know, one who's in high school, one who's mm-hmm. uh, at the end of elementary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just them knowing that there's someone who's present. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um, and then, so how we balance it, my wife and I, we just, we, we, we really, we're going to start doing this more often, but we actually came up with a decision to start, you know, taking some of our kids out on dates, uh, some of the amazing, ways. yeah, uh, you know, older girls, especially, uh, she would take them out uh, on dates and maybe another week, uh, I still have to start doing this more, but start taking them out as well. So they get mm-hmm. like both of us and then the young ones where we haven't done that yet with, uh, because, mm-hmm. um, it's all about fun. Yeah, six years old is the next oldest one after the twelve-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that, but that's the plan. We want to make sure you know we spend quality time. So I'm always play fighting with my boys, my kids, just like you know, so they see me more. And the attitudes have changed. You know, at yeah. there's a positive shift around that. So we, we so we make sure it doesn't have to be like you know so much time in there. But as long as you're asking like yo, how was your day? What's going on in your life? Uh, and then you just you're, they see that you're you're proactively making an effort mm-hmm. uh, and one of the things that always goes past our eyes adults that we sometimes forget about is our phone like when we have mm. 
is trying to talk to us and uh you may not think it but they mm-hmm. can tell distracted and if you're like looking at your screen and you're trying to talk to them, and you're like yeah, yeah okay it's turning away but looking back at your screen again yeah so that, even subconsciously is giving them a signal a message that what i'm saying to you right now is not that important to you wow right? i think compared to what you're looking at in the phone so uh, i had a hard time working around it. my wife yeah is i can get pretty busy on my phone yeah so i try to make an effort now whenever my kid wants to talk to me I put my phone down or i shut it off for a certain time when i come home mm. just to make sure that i have my full attention because that is another way that they feel like they're heard mm-hmm. um that you are paying attention to them and that you are present you are present in their life so that would say that's another pointer there is what we do we, we make sure that we're not on our phones or on the screen when they're trying to you know interact with us yeah wow wow oh my god i feel like this is uh, i don't know this this should be a seminar on its own <laughs> wow this is amazing honestly like i'm just uh while you talking i'm just having this imagery right as she's saying it and i can really see how these things you make it mention how critical they are like in a child's life me just flashing back into when i was little and i can see the time that because okay i lost my dad when i was seven so it, i grew up with a single mom and of course she was very busy but i can remember very well how much she spent time those quality time with us and I can also see some other people who maybe were not privileged to have those things and I see how it has negative impact in their life. And right now a lot of them are sensing for this um parental kind of need but this time from their spouse. You know, and that now changed the whole dynamics because of course your spouse is not your father, it's not your mother, right? Your, your spouse is not your parent. <laughs> so uh and and what she, what I can see, especially you know, when I read your bio, you said something about how we can be present today for the next generation. So what you're doing is being intentional for this generation so that they can be extremely healthy in they they can have the right mindset the right heart set soul set and everything in order for them to lead that change and just like what you said be influencers for great things in the next generation so i see that just like how they say true change starts with us right so you are taking the initiative to uh use your family as that catalyst of change and i really commend you for that when i told my wife i was having you in and she was like hmm i said honey what question would you want me to ask paul and <laughs> she said so this question is from my wife right she said how do you distribute love equally among your family mm, that's good number one well yeah that's good uh i'll say number one is finding out the love languages of your family members i remember has different love languages some are quality time uh some are gifts some are physical touch uh, words of affirmation, um, acts of service. Those are all the, the love types of love languages. So once you find out what those type of love languages are for you, uh, and you can find them out easily, they usually like let you know. And once you know, I would say you, you want you really want to make sure you're intentionally finding time to really uh, encourage and help build up and showcase that love, that type of love to your family members. You know, for my wife, I. Uh, uh, quality time and she would even they, she'd now say 
uh, access service is another one for her, but uh, <laughs> did, did she yeah. just add that recently? Yeah, <laughs> the house and dishes, all that stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> After all the white people are like, uh huh, yeah, access service. <laughs> Um, but do that. So yeah, just doing doing things like that. And but quality time is definitely both of both of our love languages. Just sitting down at the end of the day, talking. Um, so for us, you know, after the kids go to bed, it's so important for us to spend time together. And spending time is talking about our day and just you know whatever. It could be like watching something together. And then for our kids, you know, I, I was saying before, uh, setting dates and planning how to. You know, we take our older girls out on dates for one. We try to, and then younger kids, like I'm just in there with them. Like it could, my, it's funny because my my uh, my son Zakai, he's so much into gaming right now. Mm-hmm. So he show me stuff that I really don't care about. You know, mm-hmm. I really don't care about it. And I know, I'm like sometimes I could be so busy doing something, like oh, look at this. He just, and then it'd be something that is not even funny to me, but he'd be like so like yeah yeah. You guys would be like, yeah, oh my, yeah, good. That's that amazing, crazy, right? And so, like, just just kind of like affirming them on what they're showing because they're they're putting mm-hmm. their, their their self out there. And I, one thing I have to remember, something because as much as you don't feel like it, one thing I remember is that the other world has no problem being mean and truthful to them. They will do that. Wow. Your, your job is to encourage them and love them, right? So, um, so that is. Some, and, and that's more than the, the feelings you feel in those moments sometimes. But how we distribute it really is that we just make sure that we're checking on each kid all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. How's it? If we see one kid isn't, isn't doing well or feeling well, we try to help them out in that area. And then mm-hmm. but we take away our time from the other kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really it really works out because sometimes um, you can do it together as maybe a, maybe a couple of kids at the same time or it doesn't have to be one individual each time. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say that is one way that we intentionally uh, try to show love to our each one of our family members is to find out what their love languages are, do the best we can mm-hmm. with encouraging them in that area of their of their love language, and then also just making sure that we we put the time in. Uh, could be even you know it doesn't have to be long. Could be mm-hmm. you know some minutes in the day. Yeah. As long as, as, long as they see you and as long as they feel heard it'll take them a long way right as long as they feel heard because they might not be they might not be feeling heard when they're in school or when they're at work wow wow now this thing you said but paul trust me i mean you are a you're a pool of wisdom honestly <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm talking yeah i have to i have to go through this stuff to gain a little bit of wisdom i have now so <laughs> um, honestly paul you need to write that book trust me <laughs> You know, there's, there's something you said that just uh, it struck a lot of chord and it's, you said something about the world has no problem accepting our kids, meaning like if we don't hear them out or if we don't make our time for them, the world is always open and ready to receive them. And now, of course, we know what that does at the end of the day. So it's more like we as parents should do the needful first so that when they go into the world they are not being starved of love they know that they are being heard so therefore when the world is like hey come i'm gonna hear you i'm gonna hear all your concerns i I have the answer they are like oh no like i i already got the answer i'm looking for from my family you know from my father my parents and all so 
I, I like that. That's a very good way of uh, of positioning these things. And I didn't even know love languages also apply to kids. I thought it's only adults, but yeah, no, they definitely do. They definitely do. Um, you you uh, you realize it that it, it starts when we're kids, actually. Mm, yeah, shows up even more when we're adults. Wow. Wow, this is great. You, you've said a lot of principles, like key principles that is just so much and so so vibrating. Like my bones are really shaking hearing you say all this things, trust me. And now I also want to ask, like, say, before you became, you know, this man who is so Abrahamic right now, that's what I'll, yeah, you're the 21st century Abraham, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so b- before you became this this type of man because i know you said you're a pro athlete like you had a lot of challenges issues struggles and everything what were the fundamental principles that you had to live by as a man uh that enabled you to you know become who you are right now well i'll, I'll say this i mean uh being in relationship with god is number one god is my foundation my character and how i you know, I see the world comes from a biblical perspective and that has worked so much for me, for me in my life, overcoming struggles, obstacles, realizing that there's a power, someone who's greater than myself, right? Mm, yeah. We, if we only trust ourselves, ourselves can fail us, right? And we don't have all the answers. So you have, so I, you want to, you want to go after a source who has all the answers and mm-hmm, make sure that's mm-hmm. what it is. And for me, it's Jesus Christ. He's my source. And so I, I would say, you know, building a foundation that way, but uh, I'll just give you a little story, I, not a story, but I mean, I, I had to overcome, I was say a couple of years ago, I went through a, a bout of depression. So mm-hmm. I, I wasn't perfect in this. Uh, there's a point where I just felt, I felt a little bit overwhelmed with the gist, uh, the role as a father and, and kind of knocking myself to like, am I even doing enough, you know, for my kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, you know, if my kids don't turn the way that, that I want them to, or, or, you know, you know, would that be me to blame? And, you know, I had, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I remember there was, so I, right before, basically a couple months, a few months or yeah, a few months before COVID hit, <laughs> I was in a bit of about a depression for a bit for, for about three months, I would say. I knew everything. I knew wow. you know, how, to, how to overcome that. It was all in your head. But when you go through depression, that feeling is like a cloud, right? You just yeah. comes on, you fight it. So I'm sure people who have gone through depression before can relate to that. How I overcame that was um, having to deal with things in my past I, was, I had buried that I had never dealt with. I would say for one, if there's anything that you know you're burying right now that you refuse to bring to the surface and conquer that, you, you need to do it because eventually it will catch up with you and it'll, it'll, it'll come back and get you the time period, you know, unsuspectingly. Mm. And um, so, I remember I, going through that, how I overcame that though, was really uh, going through stuff uh, that I realized I buried from when I was a kid and just like, mm-hmm. uh, could be like uh, parental things or just w- with friends or, or people who are influenced who maybe said n- negative things to me in the past. I really, you know, yeah, yeah. Buried inside deep. And so God brought all those things out for me. And I remember once those things were, came out, um, I felt much lighter and I was actually able to move forward instead of being you know, stuck in the same situation I was in and not going any further. Mm-hmm. But, but it was because of the words, I remember I said earlier, you know, make sure you're listening to, you know, encouraging words, overcomers. Yeah. But it was like now choosing to focus on um, 
positive words of of you know positive characteristics mm-hmm. and even 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 uh roles and words where i want to see myself yeah going yeah you know those they helped me come out of that depression and really just you know go in the direction i want to go and so i, I would say that you know some of the skills that helped build me up there were one of the books uh, john bevere has mm-hmm. a lot of books that i can read for him he talks about you know uh drawing there and and um Driven by Eternity, another big book by him as well. So just really talking about whatever you're driven by is is you, you'll go in certain directions, but even if you're going through rough roads, you're driven by eternity. You're driven by some, that something that's greater than yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to summarize, that is where, that's what I've been living my life by. So even mm-hmm. though I'm obstacles, I'm driven because I'm seeing the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. It, if you have a goal, if you're seeing a bigger picture, say, you know, I, I want to build legacy in my kids. I want them to uh, be successful in their life. I want them to, to touch other people who are struggling, other youth yeah. who may be coming from a, a, a broken family, who mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. don't have any good role models. I want to see them overcome. I want to see it. So I, I'm driven by all of that. So when, yeah. you, when I'm, because I'm driven by all of that, I know that I know I need to make sure that I'm good myself. Yeah. Right. And then that, now pushes me forward to do the things I need to do to make sure that I'm good first so that I can also bless and help other people. Awesome. Well, that they're good, right? Yeah. So I would say that's, that's, that's the main thing for me is that, you know, being driven, seeing the bigger picture, seeing the destination where you want to go. Uh, and for me, it's driven by eternity, basically. You know, I want to see people walking the fulfillment of their calling that God has put over their lives. I want them to, you know, uh, you know, just really, know god as well and because mm-hmm. if I, I think if they really have the relationship and, and knowing god knowing jesus as their lord and savior um doesn't matter what they go through you know mm-hmm. courage you know they'll be overcomers automatically yeah yeah wow 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 Oof. amen I, I i feel like we should take some offering right now because <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, that that's that's one joke i i usually say every time i'm having this kind of very impactful kind of conversation right i'm like okay you know what it's like we have a service right now offer time you know <laughs> so no this is so good i mean i really love when you say being driven by eternity and driven by that bigger picture and i came across this in um uh, purpose-driven life by rick warren and yeah yeah. Also, even as a life purpose coach, I, I would say I, I 1000% everything you said is spot on because without purpose, like purpose, I used to say is that um, earthly job description. And mm-hmm. essentially, if we are to know the roles we play, not only in people's life, but in our own lives, it really yeah. helps shape how we look at things and speaking about it also even help us navigate through depressed depression and all those things because it's more like you see the eye of the storm and you go through the storm to get yeah. to the other side greg laurie exactly <laughs> so greg laurie he said uh he said what are you doing at the backstage of your life yeah like that is where the real strength is being built it's not really in the foreground it's not on the podium it's at the backstage what are we doing at the back stage of our life and 
what you said makes so much sense because we all get to this crossroad or this point whereby we feel so down. And it's not a matter of what are we telling ourselves at that point? Are we healing our trauma or are we letting our trauma overpower us or overcome us? So it all still comes with that grit and push for, I want to do better. I want to be better. Why? Because this is the bigger picture for my life. And that really affects how we impact every other area of our life wow this is profound wow i feel like we can talk the whole day and honestly trust me i said this is not the last time you i'll be bringing you to this podcast i mean you will be (laughs) you i really want you to come around so that you know you can help help shape the audience right um on unique masculinity what it is like what it feels like because you know i said earlier that there are not so many men like us and there are a lot of men with potentials but they just need to hear the right word just like what we've been saying right they need to see the right people model these things and people who are true and staying on it right and that way they get to realize that it's possible it's doable it's achievable you know and that way um we have a lot of men who are um coming forward boldly to say, okay, I want to live this true part because this is what I am meant to be and how I'm meant to live. Uh, before we go, I just want to say, I really want to appreciate you for coming on. I also want to ask, because I know you kind of coordinate the Toronto City Church Sport um, Auditorium or something like that. Can you speak more about that and how people can maybe partake in that? I saw your IG handle and everything. Yeah, well, I, I actually, um, so I, I manage the uh, Toronto City Sports Center. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually owned by the Toronto City Church, by Toronto City Church. So okay. we're on the same property. Um, I actually recently just stopped, stepped down for a full-time full manager there, but mm-hmm. uh, the person over for me, um, his name is uh, Jair. He's, he's actually the, one of the pastors at, at the church. Okay. Uh, Jair, uh, Jair Guerrero. Um, and uh, if they want more information when it comes, because right now we, we have the dome open for bookings for um, the community and for certain teams uh, it could be right now we have a, a fitness club in there, uh, resilience mm-hmm. fit. Uh, and then also we have uh, soccer clubs for kids in there. We have baseball. Um, we have a, like a golf driving range during the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, seniors and whoever is available at that time, they want to do it pretty, pretty good rate. Mm-hmm. But we're, really trying to just get people on, on the property and and really just you know and and it's a, it's a good indoor dome so mm-hmm. if you know any, any information just uh you know just type in in google or toronto city sports center or okay. you can go to the toronto city sports center um dossier uh, web page as well awesome so, yeah yeah okay yeah uh also what about your wife's uh, tattoo shop what's the name and how can people get to yes. connect yeah, the victorious uh, dot ink is her Instagram okay. name, and so you can see some of her work. And she would just recommend shooting her a message and a DM. Mm-hmm. And we're interested, but she has some great work. So, uh, and it's, and her shops in Scarborough, I think off uh, Bellamy and Ellesmere, I believe it is. So amazing, yeah. amazing. All right, okay, <laughs> yeah. I would I would get the links and I'll put them in the description uh, for the podcast. And everyone who's watching this, regardless of the platform, they would have access to these links. And uh, yeah, you guys should check it out. I really appreciate you, Paul. I mean, God bless you for the great work you're doing. 
and um thank you for coming into this podcast we really appreciate you and uh, i look forward to connecting with you again and uh, i look forward to also coming for some secret advice <laughs> hey i'm always available i'm going to make myself available as much as possible but i appreciate it thank you for having me today it was it was a lot of fun awesome all right cheers all right.